Welcome to the You Hide Me at Hello podcast with me, your host, Deb Houston. I'm not a recruiter. I am a hiring strategist. And whether you are hiring your first employee or you already have a team of 50 plus, you're in the right place. As an ex-recruiter of 17 years, I geek out on anything to do with hiring strategy and processes. And my goal is to help you hire the right people for your business whilst avoiding those costly hiring mistakes. Most business leaders and owners have not been taught how to hire. So I set up this podcast to help you win the war for talent and stop repelling your dream employees. From employer branding, talent attraction strategy and hiring processes to interviewing and onboarding your employees, there's a topic for everyone, all with a lighthearted and fun vibe. So without further ado, let's get cracking and get stuck in. Welcome to the You Hide Me at Hello podcast. It's me, your host, Deb Houston. In today's episode, I'm going to delve into a crucial aspect of the hiring process, and that is how many interviews are needed to successfully assess a candidate's suitability for the job. And the reason why I want to talk about this topic is because it is a widely spoken about subject. And, you know, what what is the sweet spot? Like how many interviews should you actually be taking your applicants through in order to make an informed decision? So I'll be walking you through um, a few different steps to consider in order to make an informed decision on what that should look like. Now, as a hiring manager or recruiter, it is crucial to ensure that you are assessing the right qualities and characteristics in order to select the best candidates for the job. But you do need to get the balance right. And it is finding that right balance that is key. We all know that too little interviews results in bad hiring decisions or rushed decisions, whereas too many interviews can almost put you in analysis paralysis. But also as well, externally, it can look like you're not agile in your decision making or you know your brand is a bit demanding or complacent. Um, by requiring applicants to jump through so many hoops to prove themselves. And, you know, I always say recruitment is marketing. So your hiring process really does impact on your brand and reputation in the market. So it's really important to consistently check in and think about how your process is being perceived externally. You know, application processes are the closest a candidate will get to your business before working for you. So, you know, their experience really counts for everything. And whilst you personally may only attend one or two interviews per applicant, consider how many steps you have in your total process. So screening calls, pre-interview questions, um, you know, face-to-face interviews, presentations, case studies, reference checks, psychometric assessments, you know, they all add up. Now, regardless of how many interviews you settle on, it needs to appear smooth, professional, seamless, organized and flowing to the applicant. Now, when I'm working with my clients and we are talking about, you know, mapping out their process and looking at how many interview steps and what all the different steps should be, I break it down into three different areas and I call it the what, the how and the who. So the what is what is it that you're looking to assess? So get specific on skills, experience, behaviours. Then we've got the how, which is how can this be assessed? 
So that's looking at the different types of interviews, assessments, tasks, presentations. So that's almost relating to the steps. And then we've got the who. The who needs to be part of the assessment process in order to make an informed decision. So I'm going to go through those three different areas in a bit more detail um, so you can understand what I mean. So let's start with the what's. So the reason why you need to know the what is that you can then reverse engineer and then plan specifically what the approach needs to be to appropriately assess the applicant. I see so many companies asking interview questions just because it's a well-known question or they've heard others saying it before and they thought it sounded good. But I encourage my clients to really plan their interview questions with purpose. So the idea of starting with understanding the behavior and skill that you want to assess is that you can then work backwards to think of a good relevant question to ask. And if you think about what the end goal is and what you're trying to get to, it's easier then to think backwards of how can I you know, how can I structure and articulate this question to lead me to the answer? And it's all about being specific as well. I always say it takes a good question to get a good answer. Or you may have heard me say the phrase, it takes a good interviewer to make a good interviewee. And this is exactly what I'm referring to. So if you ask a vague, unspecific question, you're going to get a vague and irrelevant answer. For example, the common question of, give me an example of a time you had to work under pressure. This is a common question. Everybody's been asked this question, but it is so damn vague, <laughs> isn't it? Like when you, get, when, it, when you think of that question, immediately in my mind, I think, okay, under pressure because of an unexpected workload, um, under pressure because I'm constantly interrupted in my job, um, under pressure that the team is understaffed, um, maybe under pressure that I've been asked to do something I'm not confident in, um, under pressure to make a quick decision without any facts, um, or maybe under pressure just from general micromanagement or even unrealistic demands. Can you see how there are so many different layers to that question and it's really subjective? That question is really subjective. Like it's going to mean whoever you ask that question to is going to come to it from a different approach. So can you see by how adding that extra bit of specificity to this question can lead you to a much more qualified answer to assist in your assessment? So Imagine you are an organization that has peaks and troughs in your sales. Maybe your product-based business and you're seasonal. If that's the case, the question might be, give me an example of a time you've worked under pressure due to an unexpected workload increase. Can you see how you're still assessing how they work under pressure? But you're asking them to specifically align that with the time that was due to an unexpected workload load pressure. That is going to give you a much more specific and relevant answer to for you to suitably assess how they then would work in your environment. 
And the reason why I stress this around specificity and questions is so many times in interviews, we ask vague questions. We then get a, well, vague answer to be expected. Um, But then the candidate is boxed into, oh yeah, they didn't quite demonstrate the behavior we were looking for. They didn't interview very well. And, you know, when that feedback is then given to the applicant around which question or which behavior they were unable to deter, like demonstrate, when you then hear how the question was worded, it's completely understandable how that misunderstanding has occurred. So remember, it takes a good question (laughs) to get a good answer. And um, yeah, you know, I'm on a mission to, um, you know, make interview processes as easy and efficient as possible, both for the hiring teams and for the candidate. I think there's a lot of candidates out there that are being very unfairly assessed. And a lot of that time comes back to inefficient and unqualified interview processes. Or, as I talk about a lot, most hiring managers have not been taught how to hire. Um, you know, many of you listening to this are probably going, yeah, actually, I've never sat in a room and be taught how to interview. I've never been taught how to think of my interview questions. I've just been given a piece of paper from HR to follow, or I followed what my boss does. So, you know, it's quite, this is the reason why I do what I do. There is limited resources provided to help managers effectively and leaders effectively hire for their business. Without our people, our businesses can't be successful. So the better you are at being able to identify top talent, the more successful your team and your business is going to be. Now, also as well, planning what you want to assess up front also ensures that you operate a fair recruitment process. You know, every candidate is assessed equally against the behaviours you are seeking as opposed to each applicant being asked different questions. And then you start comparing candidate against candidate as opposed to comparing each, every applicant to the job. Okay, so probably a bit more detail I wanted to go into there, but I got on a roll. (laughs) So that's the what, let's discuss the how. So the how is gonna help you determine exactly how many steps you need in your interview process. Now, do not overcomplicate things. If you can obtain the information that you need in two interviews, that is all it should be. It's about asking quality questions and not quantity. The how is the types of interviews. So think behavioral questions, technical questions, presentations, case studies, for example. You know, what, how are you going to determine these behaviours and assess these skills and experience? Also as well, consider additional assessments that your company undergoes. So, you know, if it's a technical role, do they need to do um, a technical assessment? For example, I know with some customer service roles, we do data entry testing. So, you know, the reason why I ask you to factor in the different steps of how you're going to assess these people is to avoid duplication because then that's going to be more effective and time efficient for both you and the candidate. On the duplication piece, um, you might want to strategically duplicate some questions on purpose to ensure um, consistency 
in answers um, throughout the process. So, you know, by mapping it all out at the beginning, you can plan accordingly to ensure that you are assessing all the different areas you want to. Finally, we have the who. (laughs) So the who obviously relates to who needs to be involved in this process to appropriately make an informed decision and assessment on this applicant. Now, I see so many interview processes unnecessarily drawn out just because of the amount of people that need to meet the applicant. Rather than devising the process around the number of people, um, so it's quite common, oh yeah, they'll need to meet A, B, C, D, so that's four steps of interview. I am all for multiple people meeting candidates. Um, You know, I do believe interviews can be subjective. We all naturally get on with different types of people. We've spoken about this in unconscious bias. Also as well, different leaders will see different qualities and development areas within the same applicants. So I am all for more than one or two people meeting applicants. However, there you know, you can prevent unnecessary lengthy processes by having the multiple stakeholders in the one interview. So for example, if you had two managers in the first stage interview, and let's say another two managers in a second stage interview, that is a total of four managers that will have vetted and assessed the applicant to make an informed decision. And the likelihood is in most organisations the applicant will have had some sort of phone screen or initial contact before the interview. So essentially, when you look at it like that, you'll have had five people vet and assess that applicant. So I ask you, why would you require additional stages from here in your hiring process? And I ask that from a thought-provoking perspective, because yes, Some roles are more complex, some roles are more technical, some roles are more senior. So absolutely, they may warrant an extra step or two. Um, But it's just asking that question, why do I require an additional stage from here? And it's just a nice check-in for you to understand, am I unnecessarily adding an extra step into this process? Or can we combine that step within the, the two steps we already have? And it will really just keep you in check and just ensure that you are creating more efficiency and more quality in the process as opposed to being about, you know, quantity. Um, You know, five stakeholders must meet this applicant. That is fine. That doesn't mean it has to be a five stage interview process. Um, You know, there's a way of getting those stakeholders together. I really do advocate and support a multiple interview strategy. So this, you know, is like a two, at least a two-stage interview approach. And the reason why is think of it like a first date. (laughs) How many times have you been on a first day? You met somebody, it went amazing and you wanted to see them again. You get to that second date and something's just not quite right. There's lack of spark or that excitement that was there on date one is just not there. So, you know, on the flip side, sometimes you can meet somebody and they're like, yeah, first time you meet them and the second time you meet them, it's like, wow, you know, completely blown over. 
Um, so um, I do like to uh, liken it to dating. And while I'm on my dating analogy, um, the whole process of hiring is very similar to dating, isn't it? You flick through resume applications looking for a match. You know, you meet them once and decide if you want to see them again. Um, you meet them again. Then comes the exclusivity period, <laughs> followed by entering into the equivalent of a long-term relationship, which is obviously the, the contract area. And you wouldn't jump into a relationship after just one date. So, you know, why would you jump into a long-term employment contract with somebody after meeting them just for half an hour, an hour with one person? So that's why I recommend, you know, at least two interviews with multiple stakeholders involved in the process. And... I always like to caveat that, you know, the more senior the role or the more technical or the more complex, I completely understand there may be additional stages due um, in order to appropriately assess the candidate. But if you go through that process of what, how and who, it will really help you be more specific and purposeful with the different steps you're um, taking in your approach to assessing candidates. Now, in conclusion, there is no fixed number of interviews required to assess a candidate's suitability for the job. And, you know, the approach you choose depends on the position you're hiring for, as I just mentioned. But the key thing is you must find a balance between efficiency and thoroughness. Now, I'm going to leave that episode there for today, and I hope it's given you food for thought. I could talk all day about this topic as it's one of the key things that I do work with my clients, you know, is defining that interview and selection process and, you know, making it right for their business. So if you would like to chat more about how I can help you become more efficient in your hiring, please do reach out and we can arrange an introductory, no obligatory chat to see how I can support you. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the You Hide Me at Hello podcast and feel free to leave a review and share it with your network. For further info, check out the link to the website in the podcast description. Thanks again from me, your host, Deb Houston. From me to you, over and out until next time.